What's up guys? Uh, today we're gonna go over ground ops. So I had a lot of questions about what to expect uh, when you first get out to the plane, uh, how you can find the flows, where you can find kind of all the information as to what's expected and, and things like that. <clears throat> For Air Force ground ops, it's a little bit different. Uh, there's a lot of information kind of all over the place. On the last podcast, uh, we talked about how to study and study techniques and kind of where to go for the information that you're looking for. Ground ops is pretty much the same. It's going to be made up of a lot of different pieces of information from all over the place. <clears throat> so specifically for ground ops, what we'll talk about today, kind of uh, materials that you're going to need um, to listen to this podcast. If you've already gone through the materials or the second or third time listening to podcasts, then uh, don't worry about it. But for the first time, at least have uh, a couple things that I'll name in a minute with you. We'll talk about uh, what ex- exactly what exactly are ground ops. Uh, we'll talk about the flows, uh, which pretty much makes up uh, sort of like this memory step-by-step process that you're going to have when you get out to your plane. And it's not just for the T6. It's not just for phase three. It's pretty much for anything that you're going to fly. Talk about uh, where it starts, and then we'll talk about the specific practical flows uh, that myself and all the other IPs included use to get out to the plane. And that includes... Uh, your over the rail is what a lot of people call it. Your exterior inspection, interior inspection, things like that. Uh, different uh, checklists that you're going to be carrying and when to use them. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll try and take you all the way uh, from uh, walk out to the plane and taxi back in. So to start out, uh, what you're going to need uh, for this while you're listening, please get your cockpit poster out or something equivalent on your computer because a lot of, or pretty much 100% of your ground ops are gonna be made of flows. And flows are pretty much grouping a bunch of steps into each other, uh, or with each other, and doing these steps by memory. All right, so I want you to have your cockpit poster out. Get your dash one. So there's a little bit of confusion there too. Uh, There's your uh, dash one checklist, all right? It's pretty much an abbreviated checklist, and then there's the actual dash one uh, book, which is the expanded procedures. I want you to open up to section two. It's going to be normal procedures. And when we talk about uh, some of these steps, like I'll give you an example, uh, when you go uh, do the over the rail, you're going to look at the eject- ejection seat. I'm just going to say, hey, get your ejection seat check accomplished. Well, in the expanded checklist, and again, this is just an example for the seat, but it's the same with any step. In the expanded checklist, the huge dash one PDF file that you probably have on a CD somewhere, it's going to tell you exactly what you're checking for that ejection seat step. All right. So if you're confused as to what you're looking for when you do the oxbat check, or uh, if we don't talk about what you're looking for specifically when you do the battery check, something like that, in the dash one, it's going to tell you exactly what you're supposed to look for and pretty much exactly how to do it. However, the dash one is not ordered in a way that's going to allow you to quickly do ground ops and that's the confusing part. So step one in the dash one is not exactly step one uh, in real life, basically we'll put it that way. All right. Uh, Once you have your checklist out, so your condensed checklist for uh, uh, guys in Austin would be the DET21 PTN condensed checklist. It's going to look the same pretty much anywhere else. Uh, It's the one that's highlighted yellow, uh, and that's the one pretty much that you're going to use in flight. Uh, A lot of guys get it uh, printed out and laminated uh, and leave it on their lap 
for the whole sortie, that's kind of the one that you're going to use. Um, that's what I want you uh, referencing while we go through this. And then get out to your squadron standards as well. Uh, so uh, a lot of the call-outs and the things that are expected uh, and the uh, call and response items are going to be a little different between each base. So for PTN, we've got the PTN standard uh, standardized checklist and verbal responses is going to be attachment three. If you're from another base, it is going to be maybe a different attachment or still attachment three, but it's going to be slightly different. All right, but this at least gets you on uh, the same page. Uh, what are ground ops and why are they important? Well, obviously it's the test systems and get the switches in place uh, ready to start the engine, right? But that's not, that's not really exactly the only thing that's important on ground ops. Uh, ground ops gets you familiar with your we weapons platform, all right? So it gets you into the dash one. It makes sure that, um, that you know what you are looking for, like we talked about uh, in the expanded procedures, what you're looking for for each step, uh, and it kind of forces you to dive into the systems. Okay, why am I flipping on the Oxbat test and looking for that green light? What does that mean for the Oxbat? Then, once I get the green light, why do I turn the Oxbat on and then check my other systems? Well, that's in the dash one, and that goes into maybe the Oxbat system and the, the battery system, pretty much the whole electrical system of the aircraft. So uh, it, uh, it kind of jump starts a little GK there, and it gives you sort of a roadmap to get into once you uh, start flying there. All right. Uh, and then, uh, so your first few sorties, your first few flights or sims is pretty much going to be, hey, here are the switches, uh, and this is what the switches do. All right. Fast forward, now let's say you're in month three or four in the UPT, obviously you're not going to be instructed on flipping those switches anymore. It's going to be more of a, we call an admin task, okay? So your first ride, you're just going to be fumbling around looking for the switches to flip. Hopefully you get them right, okay? Uh, by your, let's say, 20th ride or 30th ride or whatever, uh, we're going to expect you to know how to do that. We're going to refer to all of that knowledge as admin, right? Pretty much admin means, hey, we are expecting you to be good at it because you've done it a bunch of times. For this sortie now, if it's admin, uh, we are going to pretty much be focusing on, uh, let's say, uh, formation now or getting out to the, uh, the MOA and doing maneuvers and, and so forth, things like that. And then a lot of people think uh, ground ops starts uh, when you get to the airplane and do, they call it the over the rail check, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but it actually kind of starts uh, before uh, you even uh, go to the brief, right? So uh, there are certain things that you need to brief per the dash one um, that are pretty much part of ground ops. So from brief uh, to pretty much your debrief, um, your ground ops uh, aren't going to stop, right? So the brief is part of the ground ops, walking out um, to life support, getting your G-suit, your harness, your helmet, all that pre-flighting stuff, uh, getting out to the airplane, that's part of ground up. So uh, all that is, is pretty much uh, when it starts, all right? The ground ups that everybody thinks of is flipping switches and, and things like that. But the big thing uh, where it really, really starts as far as looking at your aircraft and getting it ready is uh, when you're walking out to the aircraft. So if you're... Uh, if your squadron has a bus that you jump onto to bus you out, which most have, or in PTN, you're going to walk out to the aircraft, uh, you're looking at your plane, and this is sort of the, the, uh, the broadest view you're going to have of the plane for a long time, right? So while you're walking out, you're looking for any kind of leaks, you're looking for any kind of maybe dents, or if the plugs are still on the aircraft, any streamers that say removed before flight. 
you're looking for any cones that might be around your aircraft, and that's a huge thing as well, right? So um, that is the, the first time you're gonna be able to, to step back and look at everything around you. If there are cones, if there are streamers, that's gonna be one of the first things that you're gonna wanna take care of because it's easy to sort of forget. And I have seen, I have seen aircraft uh, taxi into cones uh, and uh, it's a bad day for you, all right? There's, there's not a whole lot of leeway for screw-ups on the ground because they're, it's so preventable. So let's talk about flows now. Uh, we talked a little bit about that um, in the past few minutes, but really the way you're gonna do things inside the cockpit uh, and for ground ops in general is developing a flow. And a flow is grouping items together to make a pattern across the cockpit. Okay, I'll give you an example. If I jump in and uh, I'm doing the interior inspection, right, I'm going to sit in my seat and then once I'm all strapped in, things are good to go, I'm gonna work from the left side behind me of the cockpit all the way up the left-hand side of the panel. I'm gonna start moving forward. I'm gonna move up to the instrument panel. I'm gonna check those things that I need to check on the instrument panel. Then I'm gonna move down the right side, uh, going down towards uh, the battery switches and, and things like that. And I'm gonna continue from the right side uh, and move down the right side panel looking at the um, Look at the circuit breakers and then move right behind me there. So it goes from left to right and it's a sweep. But as I'm doing that, I am making sure that I hit all of the required items uh, in the cockpit. All right, so that's what a flow is. If you guys have flown uh, on some airlines or whatever, you walk in and kind of look at the uh, uh, guys up front flipping all these switches or whatever quickly, it's because they have this flow sort of memorized they've sort of memorized what switches need to be flipped when, all right? And that's a flow, it's memorized. It's not doing these steps one by one. And we'll get back, we'll get into that specifically uh, as far as a specific checklist go, all right? Um, in that flow, you have grouping, okay? So the flow is this logical pattern through the aircraft, but to make it easier to remember and to make it easier to do it by heart, you're going to group certain items in that flow, okay? So again, for an example, if I'm sitting in the cockpit and I've got all these switches on the left side of me, on the instrument panel on the right side of me, what I'll do is I'll group in my brain the switches that I need to flip on the left-hand or the left-hand panel, all right? Once those are done, I immediately now go to the next group, which is the left side instrument panel in front of me. Once that's done, I'll go to the, the right side instrument panel. Once that's done, I'll go to the uh, right side panel, which includes the circuit breakers and uh, battery switches and, and all those kinds of things, all right? So the whole thing is a logical flow, but I'm grouping individual, um, individual tasks, all right? And then we'll get to the specifics uh, in that group uh, here soon, all right? So we kind of talked about how to develop that flow, all right? Um, a lot of times uh, you'll get a flow from what the, what the instructors are telling you, what other students are telling you, what's working for them, and then like the squadron standards, what is sort of expected as far as, hey, this is how we're going to flow the checklist. You'll get kind of all that stuff there, but make it logical for yourself. Once you have a flow or once you have an idea of, hey, this is how it's normally done, the only way to get good at it is to practice it over and over and over again. So if you're lucky enough to have actual switches that you can flip in a sim, then you are gonna go uh, do one checklist uh, and then turn everything back off, then do that checklist again, turn everything back off, do that checklist again until you sort of see 
in your mind the different groups and how the flow works for that particular checklist uh, without even looking at the steps, okay? Now here's the key. You're gonna do the flow and you're going to memorize the groups in that flow. However, once you're done with either uh, grouping or the whole flow itself, you're gonna go back to your checklist and you're going to quickly look at all the steps and in your mind, you're gonna say, yep, I did that, yep, I did that, yep, I did that, because no matter how long you've been flying an airplane, no matter how long or how familiar you are with that airframe, you are probably going to forget maybe one or two things, okay? Especially if there's a lot of pressure, if it's a check ride or if it's a mission that's kind of high vis, all right? You're gonna be thinking about that and it's gonna kind of throw you off your game a little bit. So in order to save that, in order to save you from missing these steps, you're going to use what's called the flow verify. So you do your flow, then you jump in and then you look at your checklist and you verify that everything is done. The only way, again, that you're gonna get good at it is if you do it over and over and over again, all right? Cool, so we started talking about how uh, the ground ops start from the briefing, all right? But the meat and potatoes of the ground ops, uh, looking at the airplane, are gonna start at the walkout, okay? So we said you're looking for leaks, you're looking for dents, you're looking for cones, those kinds of things, okay? Um, but uh, the big thing there is, is anything that might be able to, to get in your way or anything that you need to move from the aircraft in order to start getting it ready to fly, you need to make sure that you take either a mental note and get it later or just take care of it right then, okay? There's different techniques there, but get the aircraft ready to fly, all right? So now we'll get into the pre-flight check. If you look at the pre-flight check in the Dash 1, it's pretty lengthy, all right? Uh, this pre-flight check is broken up into a whole bunch of different groups. So, um, and they're kind of unofficial groups, all right? The four groups that this whole pre-flight check is broken up into is what I like to, to think of is the safety check, okay? Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. The, the long uh, call out that uh, you'll do after sweeping the, the cockpit, talk about that in a minute. The ox bat check and the battery check, all right? So this whole pre-flight check, which we normally call the over the rail check, uh, is pretty lengthy, but divide it into four groups, okay? The safety check, the long check, the ox bat check, and the battery check, all right? So what you're gonna do first is when you get out to the aircraft, start doing the same thing every single time. Approach the aircraft, go right to the baggage compartment. Look at the forms, all right? We don't have enough time in this podcast to talk about forms and, and what you're looking for uh, and uh, how to tell you that the forms are good. That's a whole other discussion, okay? If you're unfamiliar with that, go uh, get familiar, okay? Get an IP, talk to another student because um, that's, that's pretty lengthy in itself. But start at the baggage compartment, open it up, get the forms out, okay? Once you get the forms out, throw it on the wing, look for three pins, okay? Three gear pins, it'll be in the red pouch. And then look for, uh, on the right side of the baggage compartment, your air card, okay? You're gonna do that exact same thing every single time that you walk out to the jet. That goes for any flow that you're gonna have. You're gonna do it the exact same time every single time. The reason for that is because if you do something slightly different, you're actually going to realize that it's going to have you, it's gonna make you stop it's gonna make you kind of question what you looked at, and then you can retrace your steps to make sure that you can sweep through uh, the checklist and catch that step that you missed, okay? You're gonna get that sort of hair on the back of your neck feeling that you missed something, 
Uh, and I promise you, if you get that feeling, you probably did, all right? And that is the benefit of doing the exact same thing every single time when you get to the plane. So walk out, baggage compartment, get to the forms, check for three pins, check on the right side for the, uh, the air card, okay? Once those three things are done, uh, you're gonna go through the forms, all right? And check the forms. Like I said, I'm not gonna go through it, uh, but there's a lot of things on there, okay? That's just a walkout check, all right? Now we're gonna start with the pre-flight over the rail check, which we talked about is the four parts. Uh, the first part is the safety check. So the first person on the wing is going to make sure that the ISS is in solo. So rear cockpit, left side, you're going to see the ISS switch. You're going to make sure that that is in solo, and you're going to make sure that uh, the two safety pins, both in the uh, rear cockpit and the front cockpit of the ejection seat, uh, is installed. All right, and the streamers are clear of the ejection seat and they're seated. Okay, a lot of pins are sort of halfway out. That is not seated, that's not safe. Obviously those pins can come out and now that seat is hot. Okay, so you wanna make sure that ISS is in solo and you have your two pins in. The call out there after you're making sure that's done is two pins in, ISS solo, all right? Uh, and then the rear cockpit is say copy, all right? So recap, walk out to the plane, uh, baggage compartment, do your thing there, get on the, uh, the wing, um, check ISS solo, and then two pins are in. That call out now is two pins in, ISS solo. All right, so uh, you make that call out, okay? After you do that, what I like to do is I like to make my nest, they call it, all right? So uh, unravel the lap belt, get that out of the way. Um, before you start moving things around the cockpit, do a quick sweep. All the switches should be off. There should be no switches in the forward position, okay? They don't need to be down. They're not pointing at you, such as the starter switch and, and those kinds of things, but at least in the normal position or the off position, okay? Uh, you're gonna make a quick sweep around the cockpit and you're gonna make sure that you're looking at any of the circuit breakers on the left-hand side and the right-hand side, make sure that those aren't popped or anything like that. Uh, once you do that, then that's when I'm going to uh, start making my nest. Move the lap belt, so undo it, all right? Uh, push it out to uh, the sides of the consoles, making sure that they're not between the seat and the right and left console. Uh, you're going to take the O2 hose and the emergency hose. You're going to unstrap them from the wall and lay that on the right console. All right, so that's ready to go. When, you, when you're getting strapped in, you can just uh, reach and grab the uh, hoses and be able to, to hook them up. Uh, I'll take my helmet out of my helmet bag, put it on the glare shield. I'll also take my knee board and any of the pubs that I'm going to need, and I'm going to put that between the glare shield and the canopy that's open, all right, um, to have that ready for when I sit down, I can just grab it. So I'll take the visor cover off and I'll put it in my G-suit pocket. So right leg G-suit pocket and I'll zip that up. Um, people put that different places, but just make sure that wherever you put that, it's not going to come out uh, while you're flying and be floating on the cockpit as FOD. Uh, then I will take my pubs bag. It should be able to fit between the seat and the right hand wall of the aircraft. All right, so push it between the seat and the wall, kind of in that opening there. Uh, and then I'll give my helmet bag after I've got everything out that I needed to the rear cockpit IP or whoever's in the rear cockpit to throw in the baggage compartment because I'm not going to need that. Do not put your pub bag on the left-hand side because that's going to cover the fuel shutoff handle and it probably will hit your G-suit, which is going to blow up your G-suit and keep it blown up, right? That's not comfortable. Um, but you definitely want to make sure that you can get to the fuel shutoff handle in an emergency, and that's kind of why you don't want that blocked. So that's called making your nest, all right? So once I do that, then I'm gonna start going through my long check. This is a big portion. Uh, this is the second group of your 
pre-flight check. What you're doing is you're sweeping the whole cockpit, again, to make sure all the switches are off and or aft, and you're gonna make sure that from left to right that the cockpit's ready to go, okay? After the step, again, this is just a group um, of the pre-flight check. After the step, you have kind of a long call out, and that call out's gonna sound two pins in, off, down, cage and locked, normal, normal, blower and obogs off, seat, Cephas breakers, check good, okay? Uh, after you call that out, then the rear cockpit's gonna call that out, all right? Um, we'll, we'll talk about what that means in a minute. Um, but really what you're looking for is you're gonna start from the left-hand side of the plane, again, work your way up. Uh, you're going to make sure that the Cephas pin storage box is closed and latched, the brake reservoir is checked. Again, if you have any questions about what you're checking for, which you should, because we're not gonna go over everything in this podcast, then it's your responsibility to get in the dash one and uh, check the expanded procedures. So for example, the brake reservoir, what are you checking for? I'm not gonna go over that in this podcast, it's gonna be in a dash one. So, so jump in the dash one, check that spot specifically in the pre-flight check, brake reservoir step. So Cephas pin storage box, what we talked about closed, brake reservoirs check, all right, firewall shutoff handle down and the guard is in place. Um, your pubs on the left side are stowed. Your circuit breakers on the left side are in. Your Cephas handle safety pin is confirmed installed. All right. Your PCL, uh, you're going to want to uh, visually confirm that your PCL is clear, and that means that there's nothing in front of the travel of the PCL for you to push it forward. Is both clear in the front cockpit and the rear cockpit. All right. Uh, technique is just to yell PCL clear. The rear cockpit say clear. Go ahead and push that PCL up all the way forward and then bring it back to the stop, not to off. You're gonna hear a couple clicks. You should hear that when you push it uh, over the gate. Push it all the way to um, the uh, forward position, then bring it back to the stop. Verify that it stops there. Now lift the finger gates and bring it back to off. You should hear all of this and you should see all this. Um, if you don't, that PCL is not checked, okay? Again, uh, reference the dash one. So real quick, we went Cephas, brake reservoir, check, firewall shutoff handle, down guard in place, flight pubs are good and stowed, circuit breakers are in, Cephas handle uh, is confirmed, installed, and the PCL checks, right? So after you uh, check your PCL, you say, my PCL checks. Then we're gonna move to the gear handle. So again, if you're looking, if you're following along with your uh, cockpit poster, you're seeing that we're going up the left-hand side of the panel, and we're gonna work our way up to the instrument panel and back down to the right side. Um, your Cephas uh, is good, your PCL checks, right? Your gear handle is down, your standby uh, attitude indicator is cage and locked. Your gust lock, take the gust lock off, okay? Make sure that's fully off the, uh, the stick. Make sure your starter switch and your ignition switch are in norm. Very convenient, they're located next to each other, so make sure those are in norm. Your avionics master switch is off, your EVAP blower control is off, your flight pubs uh, on the right side are stowed, your circuit breakers on the right side are in. Uh, and your Cephas assembly, so inspect for protruding firing plungers, okay? Make sure that your Cephas is good because if you close that canopy and that's not the case, your uh, Cephas can actually fire and there's gonna be glass everywhere. Uh, after that, you're gonna inspect your uh, ejection seat in accordance with the dash one, so go ahead and read that for the ejection seat inspection because it's lengthy, all right? And make sure that ejection handle uh, is in good condition. Don't pull on it. Uh, but kind of get it out of your way. And again, double check before you go anywhere near that, that that pin is in all the way and it's not hanging out. Now here's where you give that call out. And the call out is to symbolize that you got the main portions of this grouping flow, okay? 
Again, two pins in, off, down, cage and locked, normal, normal, blower and obogs off, seat, Cephas, breakers, check good, okay? So two pins in means I got my uh, ejection seat pin in and my Cephas pin in. My PCL is off, my gear handle is down, my standby attitude is cage and locked. Both my starter and ignition are in normal, so that's the normal, normal part. My uh, EVAP blower and OBOGs are off, so that's the blower and OBOGs off. I've uh, inspected my seat, so that means the seat portion is good. Uh, Cephas, I looked at the Cephas and I checked to make sure uh, nothing is protruding, and my breakers check good. So two pins in, off, down, cage and locked, normal, normal, blower and OBOGs off, seat, Cephas, breakers check good. Okay, after that, then the rear cockpit is going to uh, do his call out. That whole thing there was the second grouping of the pre-flight check. The pre-flight check still has a whole bunch of other steps that we need to go through, but that is just one group. So think of that almost as one other checklist in your mind, that whole flow we just talked about. Um, the uh, next grouping is the oxbat check. All right, so it's a little bit shorter, okay, but there's still some callouts. Here, you're making sure that your oxbat is in good condition and it's charged up and you're able to use it in the event of an emergency. All right, the big thing here is obviously if it's bad weather, uh, you're going to rely on your instruments a little bit more than if it was a, a super nice day out, clear VMC, there's not a cloud in the sky, okay? Uh, you still want to make sure your oxbat is checking good. However, the mission planning and that mindset that you're going to be in is a little bit different. Okay, so you're going to go in your oxbat check grouping. What you're gonna do is, and this is a technique, when the rear cockpit is going over his call out, his whole solo two pins in, off, down, cage and lock, normal, normal, all that stuff, you are now gonna be pushing the oxbat test switch forward and you should see a green light on. Uh, hold that for five seconds. If you're unfamiliar with this is, it's the left side where all the switches are, it's the middle one, it says oxbat. Uh, I should say test there, you see a little dot that should be uh, able to to light up, it looks kind of like a little peanut light. I want you to uh, push that forward, hold for five seconds. Again, jump into the dash one, get into the expanded procedures and make sure that you know what you're looking for uh, and uh, uh, that you know what is a good check and what's a bad check. Once that light has stayed on for five seconds, release that switch, all right? Now reach over to the right side panel, go for the aux bat switch, uh, push that forward. You might have to lift it up and push, all right? And it's, we'll, it'll stay in the on position, okay? What you're checking here, again, the dash one has this, but uh, I'll just kind of help you out here. Uh, make sure that the backup UHF control head uh, is on, okay? So you're gonna have to reach down uh, to uh, around uh, where the gust lock is and turn that on. The proper frequency is set, okay? Uh, and uh, that you are able to see that it's functioning. All right, turn that off. Now you're going to test the fire warning system, okay? You're only gonna test one because you're on your aux bat. So you're gonna push the fire warning up uh, and you're going to do a call out. So you're gonna say fire one. The rear cockpit will say fire one when he sees that his fire is illuminated. Then you're gonna release that. Then after that, you're going to look at your standby instruments, verify they're functioning, okay? What we really mean by that is uh, I should see um, specifically a light on in the standby ADI, okay? It should still be cage and locked, but I wanna see a light on uh, in the ADI. Uh, and that your um, CWS panel, your warning system panel, so where you have like your chip light and your ignition light and all that kind of stuff, it's on the right side, make sure that um, there's nothing on there um, and that your AEDD is not functioning, okay? Once you've uh, checked all that stuff, you're gonna say Oxbat checks. So to go over that real quick, 
To go over that real quick, you're going to turn the Oxbat switch, um, the test switch on for five seconds. That's good. Then you're going to turn on the Oxbat. You're going to make sure your UHF is good. All right. And then you're going to do fire one. Call that fire one. Rear cockpit say fire one. Then you're going to look at your standby instruments. Make sure that your panels aren't lit up. Uh, and then you're going to say Oxbat checks. The rear cockpit should say Oxbat checks. And then you're going to turn that Oxbat switch off. That whole thing is your Oxbat check portion. So we're almost done with the pre-flight or the over-the-rail check, all right? We've got three out of four of these groupings done. The next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna go into the battery portion. So we just checked our Oxbat and we turned that switch off, okay? Now what we're gonna do is we're going to look up, make sure that there's nobody around the prop and we're gonna yell, prop clear. There's no response to this. Really all that means is the battery is coming on, okay, as a precaution to make sure that this prop doesn't start spinning or the starter doesn't get engaged. You wanna make sure that it's clear so you can yell prop clear. The crew chiefs will make sure that they're out of the way, okay? Uh, and then you're gonna turn the battery switch on. So bat switch on. What you're checking here is you're checking a min volts of 23.5 um, for the, uh, the battery start there looking at the IOAT to make sure that uh, you don't need to motor, all right, and you won't need external power. And again, that's a different conversation here. Look in the dash one uh, if you have any questions about this step. You're going to the fuel quantity, and then you're going to be adjusting your seat. So the fuel quantity should be full. Bring the seat down to where you think you need it. You'll get an idea of where that seat needs to be uh, the more you start flying, all right? But for right now, run it for about, eh, we'll call it about five or six seconds. Uh, and then you're gonna look at the FDR light, which is uh, if you're sitting in the seat, very far back left, all right? Um, when you turn that battery switch on, the FDR light will be on momentarily, but by the time you're done with all these checks, um, it should uh, turn off. Once you're done with that, you're gonna say seat set, FDR lights off, or FDR lights out. One of those two is gonna suffice. Um, the rear cockpit will say, will say seat set, all right? So that's the battery portion there. Um, and then you're gonna turn the battery off. So that's the whole battery portion of the pre-flight check, all right? So again, to go over that, um, after you're done with the aux bat, in your brain now think we're gonna do the battery check. Yell prop clear, make sure it's clear. Turn the battery switch on, check the voltage, all right? Min 23.5, make sure that it's definitely above 22 volts or you got a dead jet. Check the IOAT, look at the fuel quantity, all right? Then bring that seat down for about five or six seconds. Stop doing that. Um, you'll say seat set, FDR lights out and then the, uh, the rear cockpit will say seat set, then uh, all switches, the battery switch, and make sure that the, uh, obviously the gen switch is gonna be off there. That whole thing is your pre-flight over the rail, okay? So uh, we'll see if we can sum that up real quick uh, and just kind of put everything together, okay? So you're gonna get there, uh, go to the baggage compartment, get the forms out, get the, uh, the pins, make sure that they're there, make sure that the air card is there, check the forms. Now jump on the wing, Make sure that ISS is in solo. We have two safe seats. I'm going to yell out two pins in, ISS solo. Your cockpit's going to say copy. Uh, you're going to do a quick sweep around the cockpit. Make sure it, uh, uh, you don't have any check or a pop circuit breakers and that all the switches are off. Uh, and now you're going to start making your nest. Get the uh, belt out of the way and, and those kinds of things, okay? Um, do a, a sweep around the cockpit. Cephas, you're good. Brake reservoir is checked. Firewall shut off handle down, guard in place. Flight pubs are good. Uh, circuit breakers left side are good. Cephas handle safety pin is in. PCL, you're gonna make sure that that checks by saying PCL clear, making sure that there's nothing in front of yours. Go all the way forward. 
you should hear those two clicks, bring it all the way to the stop. Then uh, bring the PCL off by lifting up on those uh, finger gates. Then you yell PCL checks. You're gonna continue moving through uh, the checklist, gear handle down, standby attitude indicators, cage unlocked, gust lock stowed, starter switch norm, ignition switch norm, avionics master switch off, evap blower uh, control off. Flight pubs on the right side are stowed, circuit breakers right side are in, Cephas donor assemblies, uh, inspect for protruding uh, plungers there. Uh, and then you're gonna inspect your ejection seat uh, and then make sure your ejection handle is all good. Then you're gonna call out two pins in, off, down, cage and locked, normal, normal, blower and OBOX off, seat, Cephas breakers check good. Rear cockpit's going to uh, give that same call out. As he's giving that call out, you're going to test the Oxbat with that green test Hold that up for five seconds. Hey, it looks good. You don't need to clear the prop for the Oxbat. Just turn it on, all right? Uh, turn on the backup UHF. Make sure it's on, functioning. Make sure the frequency's in there. Turn it off. Uh, test the fire one. Fire one. And then rear cockpit will say fire one. That's the call out. You're going to look at your standby. Uh, are all functioning, all right? And then uh, nothing's lit up in the cockpit there except for your standby ADI. Then you say Oxbat checks. He'll say Oxbat checks. Turn off the Oxbat. Look up, prop clear, get ready for the battery check. Battery switch on, look at the voltage, minimum 23.5 for right now. Check IOAT, fuel quantity, make sure that you've got good bags of gas, right? Uh, not necessarily all the way full, although 99.9% .9 of the flights you will be. Um, and just make sure you have the gas that you're expecting and then adjust your seat height. After that, seat set, FDR lights off. And then they'll say seat set, turn the battery switch off. That's that whole pre-flight or over the rail check. The only way that you're gonna get good at this is if you continue practicing over and over again uh, the steps in this, uh, in this check, okay? So I recommend starting it, getting all the way to getting the battery off again, all right? And then do everything all over, okay? That's the only way you're gonna get good and that's the way you're gonna save time for your sorties um, to have more time in the MOA, have more time practicing maneuvers, and that equates to more time that you're going to perfect uh, the maneuvers and get ready for your check rides. Good check ride scores are going to result in good placement. Good placement in the class is going to result in what you want to fly. All right, so we kind of see how all this stuff is linked in together, okay? So that's the, uh, the pre-flight over the rail. <clears throat> all right, after you're done with the pre-flight, you're going to go through and do the exterior inspection. All right, we're not going to go over that uh, in detail here. There's a couple notes, though, that I want to talk about. Uh, so normally it's done by the IP um, or by standard. It's done by whoever's in the rear cockpit. However, obviously, you're going to need to know how to do this, especially for when you're sewing. And for your check ride, they're going to be asking you about this. All this stuff is in your checklist and all this, all this stuff is in dash one. However, you're going to treat this just like any other ground ops check and that's going to be in a flow and that's going to be in grouping. Uh, pretty much this is the way that I group it. It's going to be um, between the tail and the trailing edge of the wing on the left side first. Okay, It's going to be under the wing, moving out towards the wing tip, around the wing. Now I'm going to be in the front of the aircraft, the leading edge. Uh, I'm going to group the front leading edge and the engine compartment all in one, right? After that, I'll move towards the nose and I'll move towards the right side of the aircraft to where um, the other engine compartment is but should be closed. And then I'll do the same exact thing on the um, right side of the aircraft, just kind of mirroring that. Again, uh, all that stuff is in the dash one. The big thing here is we need your checklist with you, your, uh, your condensed checklist, not your big dash one. Uh, but the, the one that you carry around. 
However, we do not want you referencing each step one by one. We want you knowing what those steps are and doing it pretty much from memory, okay? But again, the way that you're gonna get good at it is by repetition, all right? Uh, by chair flying that or going out to an actual aircraft and doing that, okay? And by grouping sections. Don't try and memorize the whole thing straight through. Memorize groups and chunks of that checklist. And by the end of it, you're going to have one functioning checklist that you're able to memorize, all right? Memorize it by groups. So do it in a flow. Um, we already talked about those big picture items that you're looking at when you're walking out to the jet. So like cones, streamers that are on the plane, um, anything like that, anything that's gonna get in your way while taxiing, you wanna uh, start removing or make sure that those things are removed or you have a plan for when you're doing that walk around. All right, again, practice, practice, practice. After you're all done and make sure the jet's buttoned up and the outside is ready to go, you're gonna jump on the wing and this is one of the most forgotten parts uh, about this checklist is once you're done and you're on the wing, start fastening your harness. All right, students jump in and they're not even fastened into uh, the straps, so there's nothing really holding you into the ejection seat if your harness isn't strapped. So get your leg harness and get your um, chest harness and, uh, and be good to go there. Again, look in the dash one uh, and look at uh, what you're looking for on each uh, of those exterior inspection checks. Sweet, now uh, here comes the uh, um, sitting in the seat and flipping switches. So the first thing you're gonna do uh, for the interior inspection it's lengthy, but again, we're gonna break this up into several groups. First thing you're gonna do before you do anything else is strap into the jet. I always start with my leg straps. So they should be, while you, while you made your nest, they should be kind of out of the way and ready for you to just uh, get a hold of them and start uh, strapping the straps on. You're gonna do your legs. Um, and then you're going to, what I like to do is after my legs, I like to plug my G-suit in, then plug in or attach my seat kit. Then over the seat kit, I'm gonna do my lap belt. After the lap belt, I'm gonna reach up left and right side. I'm gonna pull both of those risers, the uh, shoulder harnesses over my shoulder, strap one in, strap the other one in, right? And now I'm gonna grab my helmet. Put on the helmet, okay? Then uh, fasten my chin strap. After I do that, then I'm going to grab the oxygen hoses and I'm going to plug in both oxygen hoses. Uh, one of the one of the most commonly missed items here is the emergency oxygen hose, all right? So there's two oxygen hoses that you need to plug in, all right? After that, I'll plug in the comm cord and I'll be ready pretty much to go as far as strapped in goes. So have a flow. Uh, the call out later on that you're going to make, uh, legs, lap, seat kit, shoulder harnesses, hoses, helmet, and my mask checks. Uh, what you're gonna do is when I strap in, I actually think of that in my brain and I do it step by step. So I go legs, there it is, put the G-suit in. Um, then I'll do the seat kit, then I'll do the lap, then I'll do the shoulder harnesses, all right? I'll put my helmet on, I'll do the hoses, all right? And then I'll check my anti-suffocation valve. I'll breathe in in the mask, make sure that uh, I can uh, get a, a good breath in and out there. So um, that's, uh, that's what I do to strap in, all right? So once I'm strapping complete, uh, I'll take my knee board and I'll put that on my knee and then I'll set up whatever else I need as far as writing and taking notes, uh, comp cards or whatever, I'll set that up on my, on my knee there as well. Once that's done, I look up, I clear the prop again. Okay, so uh, there's no crew chief, there's nobody underneath the prop. Uh, I yell prop clear, so that's another call out you need is prop clear. Anytime you're gonna move that battery switch, you need to yell it. Then I'll turn the battery switch on. My suffocation valve already checks and I'm all strapped in. 
Right now, my IP probably is not in the airplane. So I'm not going to give the leg slap, seat, shoulder, harnesses, hoses, helmet, that whole call out. I'm not going to give that yet, all right? But I know that I did that. As he is walking around, I'm actually going now through the steps in the checklist and actuating the switches that I can. Big caveat here. While he's walking around, he's probably checking flight controls, you know, with his hands. He's looking at the ailerons. He's looking at the elevator, all right? One of the early steps in the checklist is flight controls, okay? You're going to check your flight controls. Do not be moving that when he is near uh, your aileron uh, or the rudder or the elevator. Or do not put on or do not turn the battery on uh, if he hasn't gotten to the prop yet or he's around the prop. So those are things that you're going to have to be cognizant of. Um, but you can actually skip those steps if he's around the flight controls or if he's um, sort of near um, or, or wrapping up the, uh, the prop check, all right, and you get the battery on, you can skip that flight controls check and you can kind of move on uh, with the checklist. So as he is walking around, you need to be trying to get ahead in the checklist and doing all the checks that you uh, need to do because the thought is when he jumps in and he gets on comms, then you're gonna go back to the start of the checklist and then you'll do all the call outs. Pretty much saying, I've checked all these systems, now I'm giving you the call outs, I'm ready to rock, okay? So get as far as you can in the checklist in, uh, in the cockpit pre-flight check as you can, all right, the interior inspection, uh, and then group those items. So we already talked about the strap, strap in, get the battery uh, switch on, um, anti-suffocation valve, um, and external power and adjust your seat height if you need to, okay? Um, that's all one group. So think of that group as taking care of yourself. Then make sure that you get the flight controls. So uh, move the rudder pedals when you, where you need to, clear the flight controls, and then go ahead and um, check the flight controls. Uh, left, right, up aileron, right aileron, or low aileron, uh, forward, back, right, looking at the elevator, and then uh, checking um, your, uh, your rudders there. All right, so first group is taking care of yourself. Second group is flight controls. Now the third group is you're gonna test your uh, system test panel, all right? So you're gonna start on the very uh, left side. It's gonna be your lamp test switch. Push that up. You should see uh, all the lamps uh, functioning. Look at the dash one to make sure that you know exactly what you're looking for. But the big things here is nothing's burnt out on the panel and that your gear lights are all functioning. And that includes the uh, red gear handle. Then you're going to uh, test your audio uh, test switch. So your AOA, um, low, high, your overspeed, uh, and then uh, you're gonna check your fire warning systems, fire one and fire two. Uh, make sure that your flaps are up, exterior lights are off. So here is a, another big thing about this checklist. Most of these checklist steps are done uh, over the rail. So when I say, when you do the over the rail check that you are checking all the switches are off, right? There's pretty much a black jet and that your ejection seat's um, safed and everything like that. Uh, that means that you're pretty much checking all of the, or most of the steps in this interior inspection. So uh, you really only operate uh, a few of the steps in this checklist. Take your, if you don't have it already, uh, take your condensed checklist out and uh, kind of put an asterisk or uh, something next to the following steps. These are the only steps that you should be actuating when you get in the plane. Um, you're obviously gonna strap in, okay? The battery switch, you're gonna turn on. You're gonna check your anti-suffocation valve. Uh, if you need external power, you're gonna request it from the crew chief. You're gonna adjust your seat and you're gonna get your rudder pedals um, and flight controls.
Um, all those you're going to be doing. Your uh, system test panel, so your lamps, your audio, your AOA, and your fire warning, you're going to be actuating those. The next thing that you're going to be actually uh, moving is your trim. All right, so you're going to make sure your trim mate switch is off, and then you're going to move your trim according to the dash one. Look at the dash one. Get familiar with where you're going to put each of the, uh, the trim bands. Um, then right after that, push in your GPS power switch. Turn that on. After that, your accelerometer and your audio panel, you're going to set. All right, so uh, reset the acceler accelerometer if it's not already, and then uh, make sure your audio panel is ready to go. Uh, and there's a mnemonic out there, three out, two up, both your UHF and VHF are out, and that the little tick mark is facing up, and that your nav is, uh, is set as well. Um, reset your parking brake. Every time you reset your parking brake, pump up those brakes after you reset it and have the chocks removed. Then you're going to test your probes and your boost pump. Okay, So the things that you're going to actually actuate uh, is the whole strap-in process, rotor pedals, flight controls, yes, your system test panel, that whole thing. So um, from A to D, okay, your trim operation, GPS power switch, reset your accelerometer, get your audio panel set, reset your parking brake, get the chocks out, and then check your probes uh, and your boost pump. That's really, the, those are the only things that you're actually going to move around the cockpit, okay? So in your brain, go ahead and group those up. However, you still are responsible for making sure that all the steps in this checklist are complied with and that all the switches are in that position um, before your engine start. So um, that's pretty much how you're going to group that up. All right. Uh, if you need a, an example of what that looks like, so you can strap in, okay? Prop clear, battery switch on. Feet knees clear before I, if anyone is in the airplane, I'm gonna say feet knees clear, all right? I'll move my flight controls uh, all around like uh, you've been taught to. Then I'm gonna test my lamps. Uh, for the AOI test, uh, I'm gonna make sure that my stick is off of the stop. So I'm pulling the stick to a neutral position and I'm gonna test my um, high AOA, all right? Then I'm gonna go fire one, fire two. Uh, then I'm gonna say trim, uh, disconnect switch norm. My trim checks, I got two in the green. And I'm gonna move the GPS, uh, accelerometer and auto panel good. Parking brake and chocks are reset. My gen switch is off. That's the next call out. Probes uh, and boost pump switch, all right? Um, so that's, that's pretty much it. That should be quick. You're moving all the way through that checklist uh, before your IP is in. Now, once he jumps in, then you're going to you're going to be responsible for the call. It's like we said, all right. Um, so he's now in. You've already strapped in. You've checked everything, right? Uh, in a perfect world. So your let your long call is legs, lap, seat, shoulders, harness, hoses, helmet, all strapped in. My mask checks. He's going to say the same thing. Um, feet knees clear, and then he's going to say clear, and you check your flight controls. You say my flight controls check. My feet knees are clear. He's going to check his. Then you're going to say, my lamp's check, check yours. He's going to check his. Then I'm going to go fire one. He's going to say fire one. I'll go fire two. I'll say fire two. My trim dissonance switch norm. My trim checks um, two in the green. He's going to check his. Um, and then uh, if the chocks have not already been removed, I'll say hands clear. And then I'll give the chalk remove signal to the crew chief. Uh, and then uh, I'll say generator switch off. He, said, he should say gen switch off. All right, now I'm ready to go for my engine start checklist. That's pretty much how all that's gonna go. All right, so now we'll jump into starting engines. So first thing you're probably gonna realize is after the cockpit interior inspection, 
you'll see the next checklist is the high IOAT at start. All right, so the reason we checked the IOAT when we did the battery check is to make sure that the IOAT was less than 80C, all right? If you are uh, noticing when you're doing the battery check that it's around 70 or 75, chances are it's probably gonna creep up to around 80, all right? Uh, if it's 80 already, then you're probably gonna need to motor uh, the engine. Uh, that's what this high IOAT start checklist is for. Jump into dash one, please look at this. Um, some of the common student errors, um, skipping it, okay? Uh, seeing that the IOAT is 80, or sorry, above 80, all right? So 81 and above. Confusing it with the uh, abort start or motoring checklist in the dash one, all right? This is a completely different checklist, or uh, if you abort, um, confusing the motoring checklist uh, with the high IOAT at start. This is not the same. This is only if your IOAT is 80, okay? Uh, you'll use it at some point, all right? Read about it, like I said, uh, and just don't get it confused. Um, really what you're doing is you're motoring the engine to get that IOAT uh, below 80 um, so that PMU doesn't kick off, all right? And uh, again, read more about that in the Dash 1, uh, and, uh, and, and please do not um, skip this when you need it or confuse it for your abort start motoring check. All right, um, so your engine start check, so group that into three pieces. Um, so first is getting the engine prepped for start or getting the airplane prepped to start. This, the second step is actually starting. And then the third step is if you need it, um, disconnecting external power, which is a huge uh, piece that students forget. All right. And uh, we need to have the crew chief disconnect external power at the very end of this um, checklist in order to start moving through uh, the before taxi check. So the first few steps you see there, canopy, navigation, and collision lights, um, check the PMU status. Uh, and uh, your PCL, um, those first four steps are going to be uh, group one. So you need to kind of memorize those in, in that order. So um, so the first call that you're going to give is uh, your visor down call. So that's why the canopy is uh, highlighted in yellow. If I didn't say so already, anything highlight, highlighted in yellow on your checklist is going to be call out items, right? So you see it's kind of marked, it's, it's marked both. That means you need a call and response um, for each uh, cockpit. All right. So anything in yellow has a call out that you need to be familiar with. And we've kind of gone over most of them uh, here, if not all. So you're going to first start um, the engine check by visor down rail clear. So making sure that your uh, visor is down, just like the uh, call out says. So uh, pull your uh, visor up over uh, your face there. You can have your mask hanging down because it's going to be a little bit hard to breathe, uh, but that at least needs to be down. Um, and then uh, the rails clear, making sure um, that the left and right canopy rails are clear and that there's no pubs uh, getting in the way on either the front or uh, rear cockpit uh, glare shield there. All right, that's a lot of one. Um, that's one that people uh, often overlook. So fires down, real clear. Uh, reach uh, to the forward right, unlatch the canopy, and then pull the canopy with your left hand up over your head uh, and then latch that. All right, read in the dash one. Uh, with how you are going to make sure that canopy is closed and latched. All right, we're not going to go over that here, um, but there's definitely a, uh, uh, a procedure in doing that. Now you're going to move on your navigation and collision uh, lights. So you're going to push those uh, two up, all right, in your light panel. 
While you're doing that, make sure the PMU fail, PMU status is um, extinguished on your enunciator panel. If it's not, there's a way to get that, um, to get those off uh, of your panel there. Again, that's in the dash one, all right? And then you're gonna push your PCL slightly forward until you see the start ready or ST ready illuminated on your panel. So group those four things together. Uh, from the top, it'll kind of, it'll sound like this. Visor down real clear. Go ahead and start closing those, uh, the canopy. Make sure your canopy's closed and latched uh, in accordance with the dash one. Turn on your lights, look at your PMU, PMU fail, uh, PMU status, and then push your PC up, start ready. Now you're gonna start um, the engine. All right, this is the second, second piece, so group this in here. I look outside the jet, I find out where the crew chief is, I find out where the uh, fire bottle is, all right, and your next call out is going to be Prop clear, crew chief, fire bottle, no servicing, start ready illuminated, ready to crank. All right. So that means you are clearing the prop. All right. You know where the crew chief is. You know where the fire bottle is. And there's no refueling or uh, liquid O2 within 50 feet. And the start ready light is illuminated. Technique, make sure that start ready light is illuminated for about three seconds or it will go out. If it goes out, in accordance with dash one, you're going to abort the start. Okay. So that's your first uh, first little bit um, for uh, the second second piece. Then you're gonna move the starter switch to auto reset. So it's not going to stay there. It's going to, you're gonna push forward and it's gonna come back to normal, all right? That's fine. But uh, you're gonna hear the engine start cranking, all right? And now you're going to uh, keep your cross check going, um, making sure um, that your hydraulics are coming up, that your N1 uh, and NP and your fuel flow are starting to come alive. In accordance with the dash one, there's a few reasons why you're going to abort the start, right? So look at uh, your uh, starting emergencies there, okay? And be familiar with those. Um, and that's step seven is uh, engine start, all right? After 60% N1, so it's gonna pretty much stop at 60, push the PCL past two clicks, so one, two, and then bring the PCL to the stop. And then if you have external power, here comes your third group, and it's just one step, it's gonna be hands clear, and then give the crew chief that external power uh, disconnect signal. So from the top, visor down, real clear, close the canopy, um, navigation and anti-collision lights are on, PMU fail and PMU status uh, is not enunciated, PCL uh, start ready. That's your first step. All right, now I got prop clear, crew chief, fire bottle, no servicing, start ready illuminated, ready to crank. Now go ahead and start uh, with the starter switch. Uh, monitor the engine start after 60%. Two clicks on the PCL and then bring that back and then disconnect external power if you need to. And that's pretty much your engine start. Uh, recommend getting into the dash one, like I said, looking at those uh, start malfunctions and when you would abort. If you abort the start, there's a checklist for that and that's gonna be aborting the start and you're motoring the engine. Again, not to be confused with the high IOAT at start when your IOAT is above 80. All right, we got the engine all started, and now we're ready for the before taxi check. <clears throat> so uh, didn't forget about the external power if we needed it. Uh, if not, we'll just jump right into it. So after you uh, push two clicks and bring the uh, PCL back, no external power, uh, now you're going to jump to the first group of the before taxi check. So there are six, maybe six groups in this. And they're all pretty much broken down by location. All right, so the very first group is going to be pretty much step one through seven of the checklist there. So gen switch, bleed air, evap blower, air conditioning, avionics, oxygen, uh, and checking all that stuff. So uh, all that is on the right side panel, and you're pretty much going to flip all those switches uh, one after the other. All right, so you're going to start with your gen switch. 
Uh, gem switch on, make sure that enunciator is extinguished uh, from the uh, panel. You should see that red gen light go away. Uh, bleed air inflow switch, go to norm, evap blower control, and air conditioning, you're gonna go on, you're gonna want that on. All right, it says required, but just turn that on. The technique is to check your uh, oxygen first. Um, because uh, we want to give a little bit of time before turning on the avionics master switch uh, on um, so that the, uh, the power stabilizes uh, and there's no power surge there or anything like that, right? So go uh, gen uh, switch, bleed air, evap, air conditioning, uh, oxygen mask, check that uh, in accordance with the dash one, okay? Um, we got a call out there, we'll talk about it in a minute, uh, and then uh, you'll go um, avionics uh, master switch on. That's your first group there. So uh, after that, um, you're going to uh, start jumping into that call out so that your OBOX checks. Um, and then uh, right from there, um, you're gonna pretty much link that OBOX to your standby attitude uh, indicator. And you're gonna unlock that, and then you're gonna test your G suit. So um, you're gonna sort of skip that TAS portion for right now. We'll do that in a minute. So OBOX. Then you're gonna move on to kind of like your uh, second portion. Uncage your standby attitude and then check your G-suit. And then once you do that, your call-out's gonna be on, normal, normal, good blinker, uncaged and adjusted, my G-suit checks. Your rear cockpit's going to respond there. Right after you do that, you'll go ahead and fan your speed brake. So give the crew chief your speed brake indication. All right, bring the speed brake out. You're looking for a speed brake to be uh, indicated out. Uh, so you'll say speed break out, lights on, and that'll be repeated. Then you're gonna go give the crew chief uh, your flaps landing a signal. You're gonna go flaps all the way to landing with your speed brake still out. So the, the thought on that is your flaps, when they're out, uh, are gonna put your speed brake in and you cannot move the speed brake out if your flaps are uh, extended. So um, speed brake out, lights on, speed brake out, lights on, flaps to landing, and then you're gonna wait till they say landing when they indicate landing, you'll say uh, flaps landing, speed brake lights out. The uh, rear cockpit will uh, say landing lights out. Then you're gonna give the crew chief a flaps takeoff, move the flaps to takeoff, and you'll say flaps takeoff, light remains out, okay? So the pretty much the flow goes, your first grouping, which is, which is your front right instrument panel, um, gen switch, bleed air, evap, air conditioning, check your uh, O2, right, so your O box, all right? Um, then get your avionics master, then flow right into your standby uh, attitude indicator, uncage that, um, check your G-suit, and then do the on normal good blinker, uncage adjusted, my G-suit checks. While he is saying that, you'll do the uh, speed brake tests and the flaps, okay? Those are the two big portions of the checklist that you're gonna want to uh, get done, right? So you got your right panel is your first one, and then your systems for your second, okay? After that, then uh, you'll pretty much jump into your trimade switch. So put that on and then turn on your GPS. And then you'll go to your TAS. So a little bit weird group, right? But it's just kind of cleaning up. So trimade switch on um, GPS, uh, go ahead and start programming that and then um, set your TAS. You'll notice that when you turn on or when the GPS kicks on, all right, when you uh, turn on the avionics, it's gonna ask for the altimeter that is a good time to get your ATIS, okay? So kind of before you are all done with your GPS, uh, go ahead, stop everything, get ATIS, get that uh, altimeter setting, plug it in the GPS, now you can start working on that. Once you have ATIS, then you'll jump into uh, the next portion, 
which is from flight instruments to your caution and warning panel. All right, so you're gonna check your flight instruments here. Uh, make sure that when you are checking your flight instruments, uh, your pitch, roll, heading, and vertical speed are all working and there's no off flags, all right? And I like to add in, um, go to map mode, put your heading on your predicted heading uh, while you are on departure. Make sure your squawk is in. Let's talk about squawk. So uh, if you don't already have clearance, which you could do in your interior inspection, right? Uh, if you close and crank is what the um, verbiage is, that means I'm gonna get ATIS and clearance when the engine's running. This is a good bot to, uh, to get your ATIS so that you get your squawk. So you got your clearance, your uh, squawk, and you got your ATIS as well, so. So now after that, we're gonna move on to your flight instruments. It's kind of like the last little bit of uh, the checklist that you're gonna go through. You got your squawk and you got your altimeter, all right? Then you're gonna move in your RMU, set that in accordance with the dash one. Uh, you're gonna set your altimeters uh, and then you make sure your caution and warn pen are, are all clear, all right? Uh, so here you have another call out, all right? So my flight instruments check. I've got 2992 set twice indicating 500 over 500 my panel checks. That's pretty much the call out there. We group that call out. Right. Uh, and then when you're ready to go, then you're going to move to uh, your landing and taxi lights and uh, move your parking brake off. Um, get your ground clearance after you do your caution and warning panel check. So that last call out, you'll call ground, uh, let them know that you've got information, whatever, and then according to your squadron standards or base standards, and then you're going to go ahead and turn the uh, landing and taxi lights on and then uh, release the parking brake and now you're ready to go. All right, now you're ready to taxi. So you got your landing lights on and your parking brake. Your landing lights are gonna let the crew chief know that you're ready to go. Uh, what you wanna do is go ahead and push up the PCL when it's clear in front. Uh, you'll see the uh, crew chief giving you the move on out of chocks uh, hand signals. Go ahead and push the PC up to probably about mid-range. Let the engine spool up, get a little bit of uh, speed out of the chocks and then go to idle. From there, what you wanna make sure is that uh, you check the brakes, right? And that your nose wheel steering's on. So uh, if you are uh, under sun shelters at wherever you're at, then don't check the brakes until you're clear of the sun shelters. If you have no sun shelters, then just get a little bit of momentum. Go ahead and check the brakes before that first turn. Uh, you're gonna wanna check the brakes before that first turn out of your parking spot, just to make sure that you're able to control the aircraft and uh, everything's working good. Once you are clear, of the ramp area, so I'm not taxiing between nose, uh, noses of other aircraft or tails of other aircraft, basically not going down a parking row. Once you're clear of all that, then uh, go ahead and do your turn check. What you're looking for there is if you're in a left-hand turn, you wanna make sure that your heading is decreasing as well as uh, the heading on your mag compass and your turn indicator is indicating a left turn. So a couple of call outs here for the brakes check. It's just gonna be my brakes check, check yours. Once you get the brakes checked, the rear cracker's gonna check their brakes and then you're gonna continue <clears throat> um, taxiing and then get that, uh, um, that turn check out of the way. Uh, from there, you're gonna to go to your overspeed governor check. So uh, I like to do this one line by line just because I'm not missing anything uh, and you have the time to do so. Okay, you need to get to the overspeed governor check area. PTN, right now it's the uh, ramps, the northwest corner of the guard ramp. Everywhere else you're gonna have little yellow lines. Uh, if you're not the first one at the run-up area, make sure 
that uh, you're lining up your helmets with the other aircraft that you're lined up with, um, slash lining up your nose gear with them as well. Uh, if you're trying to go 38s, they harp on uh, looking good uh, as a group out there in the EOR. <clears throat> Make sure that you're not taxiing behind other aircraft that are running up and uh, make sure you're not taxiing in front of them either. So pretty much the first one in the run-up area is going to be the first one to leave uh, to head to the runway. <clears throat> so I'll do this one line by line. Uh, it's a little bit heads down here, um, but the uh, overspeed governor check, like I said, it'll pretty much just be from one to seven. So uh, make sure you uh, hold the brakes there, reset your parking brake. Some people don't like doing that because they say that if the parking brake fails, then the plane could lose control it's it really it's it's a technique there so i'll i will set the parking brake and then i'll pump up the brakes and i'll hold it so right before uh your overspeed governor check just make sure you get the rear cockpit to guard the brakes so hey guard the brakes rear cockpit will say guarding check that the pcl is starting in idle then bring the pmu switch to off all right right here verify that idle n1 stabilizes at about 60 percent uh, or above, right? You just took the PMU offline. Uh, you're gonna push the PCL up to 100 plus or minus 2% NP. Uh, really, this is gonna be around 30 to 33%, 34% torque, uh, depending on what kind of day it is, all right? Uh, make sure it stabilizes, and then go ahead and push that PCL all the way forward and then bring it back, keeping an eye on NP. For the, uh, the limits uh, and uh, what you're looking at, you, you're really looking at uh, 100 plus or minus 2%. Anything in there is fine. Anything abnormal during the uh, overspeed governor check is grounds to abort the plane and then come back to either get a spare or just terminate the sortie. It's going to be uh, your guys' call. All right. Cool. So NP is going to remain uh, 100 plus or minus 2%. All right. And then bring that PCO back to idle. Make sure it's an idle. Keep it there and uh, wait until N1 sta stabilizes at about 60% or above. All right. Now bring that PMU switch back to norm. And then you should see your normal ground idle numbers there. So uh, NP returns back to 46 to 50%. Uh, and then N1 is 60 to 61%. Right after that, you just flow right into the before takeoff check. This one's pretty easy too. I like to do it line by line just because I'm not missing anything and you have the time to do so. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty easy. So minimum power at 60 knots. Uh, you've got your little uh, IOAT table on your checklist. Check that uh, to see what kind of what kind of torque you're going to get at 60 knots down the runway. Anything below that is grounds to abort that takeoff there and that should be in your brief. And you should be ready to do that. All right. So um, check your minimum power expected. So minimum torque at 60 knots. Uh, make sure your speed brakes are retracted. Your flaps are at takeoff. Your trim is set for takeoff. So everything is in the green. Fuel quantity balance, you're checking. Engine instruments, check. Green and white, good for flight. Your amps are 50 uh, or less. So plus 50 amps or less. Uh, make sure your battery is charged there. And then your defog is off. Then you're going to remove your pin and stow it. Then you're going to uh, make sure that the ISS is in the, the correct mode, either uh, solo or uh, dual for uh, training uh, purposes there. So that's another call out you got. Pins removed and stowed, confirm ISS is either solo or both there. Um, sweet. So now after the before takeoff check, you're pretty much ready for the lineup check. This one's got to be quick from memory. Uh, you can't really look at your checklist. So all the steps need to be just in one group. Uh, it doesn't really matter what order you do them as long as everything gets done. Uh, so when they clear you for takeoff, what you're going to do is you're going to make sure that finals clear and your panel checks. All right. What that means is uh, when you're pushing up power, you might have the ignition green light on. That's fine. 
but you want to get your probes on and you want to see that um, your anti-ice light is on all right that's when your your panel checks <clears throat> so finals clear panel checks okay uh, and then uh, like we said your probes will be on your transponder is gonna be on on altitude your TAS is gonna be norm your lights are gonna be on and your nose wheel steering when you are lined up with the runway is gonna be off okay so what that's gonna look like is they're gonna say clear for takeoff look at final and you say final clear turn the probes on my panel checks that'll be echoed from the back seat uh, you got the probes on like I said transponder TAS lights and then when you are lined up ready to go turn nose wheel steering off then add that power nose wheel steering off uh, before your PCL is moved to takeoff position is, is sort of where what we're looking for. If you keep your nose wheel on and you go to PCL uh, max, we as instructors are assuming that you forgot it, all right? Um, there's a couple techniques on deciding whether or not that student was going to turn off the nose wheel steering. Don't even play that game. Just take that nose wheel steering off. Make sure that green light extinguishes. Sometimes you'll hit that nose wheel steering and it'll stay on. The excuse during a check ride or during a daily ride of, hey, I hit the button, the light just didn't go out, doesn't fly, right? You're the pilot flying, you're in control of the aircraft, hit that nose wheel steering button and make sure that light goes out. If it doesn't go out, hit it again. If it doesn't go out there, then I would probably hit it three uh, three times, so one more time, and if that's the case, it doesn't go out, you got probably a broke jet, so I'm gonna abort the takeoff there, all right? So just food for thought. So your, your lineup check is pretty much gonna be a horseshoe shape if you're looking for a flow, all right? Uh, so you got your probes and your exterior lights uh, both on the left and right panel. So when I hear clear for takeoff, I just flip all that stuff on if my lights are already not on. And then I've got my transponder and my TAS um, that are on the left and right side uh, of the uh, instrument panel that uh, I'll go ahead and check as well. All right. Um, so that, uh, that pretty much covers the switches you need to flip. And then, like I said, when you're lined up, just the last thing you're going to do is hit that nose wheel for takeoff. All right, we got the plane airborne. Uh, ground ops, like we talked about before, is not done yet. So you still got your after landing checklist and your engine shutdown, all right? Uh, after landing, you commit that to memory, all right? But uh, right now, what I would recommend when you're first starting out is clear the runway. Line by line works uh, for your first couple sorties there. So the first thing you're gonna make sure is the ISS is back to solo before you start messing around with your safety pins. So you have another call out here. Confirm ISS solo, rear cockpit say solo, and then you're gonna put your pin back in, my pin's in, I say my pin's in. Uh, and then from there, I normally group those call out items together. So the next thing that I do is I cage and locked my standby attitude indicator. So cage and locked, and they'll say cage and locked. So quickly it'll be um, confirm ISS solo, say solo, uh, my pin's in, I'm cage and locked. And they'll say my pin's in, cage and locked. There, you'll go flaps, trim, trim, transponder, Taz, probes, bleed, all right? So flaps, uh, you're gonna make make sure that they're up, trim, trim, interrupt, button, press, and you're going to line up uh, the trim with all the green bands. You're gonna make sure that your transponder's on the correct code. So right now, we're pretty much uh, taxiing uh, with the transponder and altitude. So you'll just make sure that you get the transponder later on when you're shutting down. Your Taz, bring that back to standby. Your probes, turn them off, and your bleed air switch uh, go to off as well. And uh, that will be pretty much um, the after landing check. Notice that that's a flow as well, but you're going to group those uh, call outs there. All right. It's legal to do that on the roll, but the first thing you need to make sure you do is get the ISS and the pins. All right. After that, you can start um, taxing while you're doing uh, um, the checklist. All right. Um, 
So uh, the next thing we're going to do is the engine shutdown check. So you know, taxi in the chocks. You are going to make sure that parking brake set. And this one I like to do line by line as well, just so I don't forget anything. So set the parking brake, landing taxi lights uh, should be off. Turn them off before you taxi into the chocks. So um, that's going to get you into a good habit later on at night to where you're not taxiing and blinding the crew chief. So I would get the uh, landing and taxi lights off. If they're not already depicted to be off in your squadron standards, um, turn them off before you uh, face the crew chief. So uh, you got the uh, land taxi lights off. You're going to go ahead and stop when they tell you to stop. Set that parking brake. Put that transponder back to standby. Get the avionics master off. Bleed air inflow off. Uh, ram airflow switch off, air conditioning switch off, and then here's your call out. What you're going to do is you're going to turn your EVAP blower and your OBOX off. You're going to get OBOX light. Go ahead and silence that and the call outs, blower and OBOX off. Rear cockpit say blower and OBOX off. At that point, the PCL should have already been in idle for about 60 seconds. If it's not, just wait another 60 seconds and then bring that PCL to off. A lot of times students will uh, push the PCL forward to get a little bit more steam making that turn into chocks uh, If you do that then go ahead and time for 60 seconds You kind of just have to wait to uh, not put so much stress on the engine there So PCL idle for 60 seconds and then bring that to off make sure that after that's done You got all interior exterior lights uh, are off the PMU initiator is extinguished and your FDR light is out all right, here's where a lot of people screw this up is then they go, the next thing they do is they go generator and battery switch off before the canopy is open. Don't do that. After the FDR lights out, uh, it's loose item stowed, my rail clear, and that'll be uh, echoed uh, by the rear cockpit. Go ahead and open the canopy with the generator and battery switch still on, and then get your seat height all the way up. Once you get your seat height all the way up, then you're able to now go um, generator and battery switch off, uh, and then uh, aux bat switch off if applicable. After that, get your gust lock, and then to exit the aircraft, to uh, put it to bed, make sure that you leave it the way you found it, all right? So um, when you went to your seat and you had to unroll the lap belt and do all that stuff and take the uh, oxygen hose uh, off the wall, that just means you're going to have to redo all of that, kind of like, uh, like I just said, the way that you found it so the crew chiefs aren't wasting so much time fixing um, the mess in the cockpit. And the final thing is to make sure that you have all of your items that you brought with you back uh, that you're returning with uh, back. All right, so I'm talking about um, pencils and pens and, and things like that because uh, that's, uh, that's what grounds air, air plans and, and FOD has been kind of a big problem. So anyway, that's uh, pretty much ground ops. Uh, we kind of went over what are ground ops, when do they start, how we do them as far as a flow, and we talked specifically about uh, the actual flows themselves. Again, these flows are pretty much technique. However, the callouts and those kinds of things are not technique. Those are required and make sure that you study those. And the best way that you are going to be quick with ground ops and get all the airtime you can in your training is to do these things over and over and over again. This is not the sexy part of flying. Nobody likes doing this, but this is what is going to get you to the fun parts of flying, which is going to get you more practice, which is going to get you better check ride grades, and which is going to get you kind of the plan that you want to fly when you get out of here. All right. Uh, hope this was helpful. Please leave some feedback on this podcast, and uh, we'll continue setting these things up for you guys um, to uh, help you get through the program. I will right, we'll see you.